you woke up this morning and, 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 and said, today is a good day. Why not today, God? Why not today? I want you just to say that. Why not today, God? Why not, why not break in today with the harvest and the revival that we've all been crying out for? How many of you have been laboring for the harvest for 10 years or more? Raise your hands. How many of you have been laboring for harvest for five years or more? Raise your hands. So it's time, isn't it? It's time. And, and I, I want you to, to this morning, um, as I'm, I'm really kind of talking as a continuation of what Jeremy was talking about last week. Really, how do we get prepared for what's coming? How do we prepare our hearts to receive the revival that's coming? How do we prepare our hearts? Because what it's going to look like, and I've seen it, it's actually going to look like this huge ball of fire. And each one of us gets the pleasure and the um, privilege of being hit by it. So um, this morning I want to start. Um, I just want to pray. And I want to and I want to start by telling you a dream that I had that I believe is for us. It's for this house. And today's going to be, as you know, because I'm, I'm prophetic, <laughs> I love talking about what heaven is saying. And then how do we apprehend that and really begin to appropriate it in our hearts? Because if you can grab something that heaven has and you can really say, that's mine, then you really can own that and it becomes part of the DNA and part of the, uh, the, of the, God, the real estate that God has for you just grows and expands. So God, I just thank you now for the anointing. I thank you, Father, for the angels that are around this room, the ministering angels, the, the seraphim, Father, that are here, that are present. And I ask, Father, that today uh, you would ignite us, that our hearts would become ablaze, Father, that our minds would become alive, that you would burn up the chaff today, Father. Everything that hinders love, everything that, that is crooked within our minds, Father, I pray, I ask God for fire to come. God, that this wouldn't be just be a message, God, but it would be a breaking in of who you are, that you are a man of fire, that you are violently in love with and jealous. You are a jealous God, Father, and you are jealous for the kingdom to be seen and, and for us to, to live in the light and in, in the, in the living, uh, functioning kingdom on the earth. And so, God, break in over us. Amen. So I had a dream the other night where um, it, it was it was the storehouse, but the storehouse it was big it was beautiful home. It was the most beautiful home I've ever been in and and I remember her thought the hardwood floors were they were glowing they were so beautifully they were so beautifully polished and I thought I've never seen hardwood floors like this like a glowing hardwood floor and um, and we were all, um, around the kitchen and we were all around the dining area. Those are the only two areas that I saw. But this kitchen was enormous and it was perfectly appointed with all of the latest in, in, in large appliances and the best appliances and the, and the beautiful countertops. And I knew that we had an honored guest that had come to stay with us. And he was about to come down from, he was, lit, he was upstairs and he was about to come down to eat with us. And um, so we had set the table and we were prepared for him to come down. And so as he makes his way down, 
There are several of us that are around the, the dining room table, and this dining room table is massive, and it has everything that you can imagine. If you went to the White House and you were sitting at their table and how you have all of the spoons and the forks that you don't know what to do with, those were all there. And, and I mean, the wine glasses and the beautiful crystal and china, I mean, everything was so beautiful. And he came down and he ate with us, and, and, and he was eating a meal of steak right so here we are holla texas let's eat some beef so so we're eating this steak meal and he's talking to us and everybody is listening to what he has to say and then he gets up and he goes in the kitchen and there's a group of people at a in the kitchen that are eating cereal and he goes over and he begins to eat with them. And I follow him and I'm listening to everything that he's saying. And he's talking to the people that are eating the cereal. And then he goes over and there's a bar area and there's people that are standing at the bar and, and they're eating hors d'oeuvres. And he goes over and he begins to eat hors d'oeuvres with them and he begins to talk to them. And I walk over and I'm listening and I'm following him. And then lastly, he goes over to a group. He goes to small groups. Now, you guys know what's happening here. He goes to small groups, and he sits down with the small groups, and there's several of them, and he begins to eat with them, and he begins to talk. And I'm following him everywhere he goes, and I'm hanging on every word. And then I go, and I sit down, and I look at all of the dishes in the sink. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, I've got to go clean up this mess. And I thought to myself, but I don't want to be a Martha. I want to be a Mary. And I want to keep following him. And I want to keep listening to everything that he has to say. So I got up and I went over to the sink. And, as there, and, and there were two things in the sink. There were white bowls and there were wine glasses. The bowls are, are really, to me, symbolize the prayers of the saints. And the, and the wine glasses, the blood of Jesus. And so these are the things that needed washing. And by the time I got to the sink, it was full and overflowing. And I looked at the dishes to begin to wash them. And they had already been cleaned. And I feel like what the Lord is saying is that I'm coming to eat with you. I'm coming to commune again with my people in a way that is going to set you free from dead works. I'm coming in a way, and it's going to be not by might nor by power, but it's going to be by my spirit. And I am coming so that you can hear the words that I'm speaking, and it's the words of life, that they are alive. And what you'll want to do once you have them, once you begin to hear them, is you're never going to want to leave me. You're going to want to follow me no matter where I go. And he said, don't worry about it because it's actually going to be messy when I come. Like Jeremy was talking about last week. It's going to create a, a terrible mess. But he's saying to us, but I am going to clean up what I create. I'm coming to create this abundant um, meal. And I'm going to have, and I'm going to eat with everybody. I'm going to be eating with the meat eaters. I'm going to be eating with those 
that are that are drinking the milk. I'm going to be eating with those that have, won't even come to my table. They're even on hors d'oeuvres. They won't even sit down to have a meal, but they're nibbling around the edges. I'm going to come and I'm going to speak to them. And then I'm going to go to the small groups. I'm going to go into the homes and I'm going to begin to talk to them. And I'm going to begin to sit with them and I'm going to begin to eat with them. And I'm going to tell them the secrets of my heart. And they're not going to have to worry about being a Martha anymore. They're not going to have to. All they have to do is come near to me. And they're going to be transformed by my love. Amen? So I'm like, God, that kind of tabernacling is, is what I signed up for. That's what, when I got saved, um, Jeremy was talking about last week how he had never, he had always grown up in the church. He was born in the church. He was born in this, this, this crazy spirit-filled life, and he'd never known anything different. And when I got saved, I was completely unchurched, and the Holy Spirit broke in with his voice. And I began to go into a series of trances and dreams and visions. I had no idea that church was any other way than this. And when people started telling me, oh, no, 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 you don't want to do that. You want to come over here and just do doctrine. I thought, seriously? But this is so much fun. This is so life-giving. I'd rather just, I'd, I'd rather just eat with Jesus. And so this is what we want. This is what he's bringing. People that have never known this and are about to get hit with this. The tabernacling of God. The tabernacling. God is coming to tabernacle with his people. It's Hebrews 9.11. That we were created as the temple of God. See, he's taking us up this mountain. He's taking his people up to a mountain because there's a baptism of fire that's coming. And I believe that he's going to release some of that to us today. But there's a baptism of fire that's coming. And we're all like, the radicals and the zealots are all like, yeah, fire! You know? But with fire comes the refiner's fire. Right? Who can ascend the Lord? Who can ascend that mountain? Those with clean hands and a pure heart. That fire is coming to refine the church, the, to refine us, to burn up everything that hinders love and everything that is not true. All right, turn in your Bibles to Revelation 3 because I want to review the Laocidian church age. Chapter 3, verse 14. And to the angel of the church of Laodicea write, These things say, These things says the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the, of the creation of God. I know your works, and I know that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot, so then maybe I would have something to work with, right? So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. 
because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and I and 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 do not know that do you not know that you are wretched miserable poor blind and naked I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that this that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and the and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be jealous, zealous, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and him with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on the throne. He who has an ear, let him hear. And so he says this. He says, listen, you are so wealthy that it's actually stolen your hunger for me because you don't even see the depravity of your mind you don't even see that, that, that most of what you believe is not even part of my kingdom. And because you can't see, you have allowed yourself to be fed by the ideas and the thoughts of the world. You think you're rich, but I'm telling you, you are not. And so he says, let the refiner's fire come to you in order to cause the gold that is within you to become bright again. Remember what I told you, this is the year of gold. That's why I have nails that are gold. I have prophesied it over and over. And everybody is looking at their checking accounts and they're like, praise the Lord, the gold is coming. But beloved, I am telling you, this is gold that is coming from heaven because the fire is coming because the gold that God cares about is within you and within me. That's what he's after. Recently, there was some people that discovered uh, gold coins in their backyard in California. Did y'all read about that? It's a sign and a wonder, and it's a sign of the gold that is coming. Now, let me tell you about these people. They're just digging in their backyard to plant something, and they hit a tin can that had $10 million worth of gold coins from the gold rush days. Rare coins. You see, beloved, what God is about to bring to us, it is not by might nor by power, but it is by the Spirit of God that He is about to uh, bring forth all of this gold that is within you. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? And so He says, listen, I want this gold that is refined by the refiner's fire that you may now be rich and these white garments, this purity that you may be clothed. And He said, now, all of this is going to be, all the shame and the nakedness will be removed from you and I'm going to anoint your eyes so now you can begin to see clearly in my kingdom. So what he's going to do is through this fire that's coming, he's actually going to remove everything that hinders love, everything that hinders us from functioning in the kingdom because the refiner's fire is going to hit and all of the sudden we're going to say, oh wait, this is what you're talking, wait, this is what the 
word means, wait, this is what you said to me. I was, I didn't understand. I didn't understand. Now I understand the kingdom. I understand your ways. I understand your nature. And in a blink of an eye, I'm being transformed into your likeness. And, 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 and the ways that we went about trying to get to the destiny and the things that we knew that were in us are going to be gone. And we're going to do it through the kingdom way. And all of a sudden, bam, open door, open door, open door, open door. And the things that you've been crying out for and the breakthrough that we've been desiring so much, it's going to happen. It's going to begin to happen because we have been refined by this fire. This is good news. Not that it's going to look pretty, but. And then he says, listen, here's the thing. Notice he says that, 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 behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Anyone who hears my voice and opens the door, I'm going to come in and I'm going to eat with you. See, eating with him is really important. And, and I want you to notice in this dream, he did not come to anybody that was alone. But he came in the midst of the cluster. He came in the midst of the cluster of the vine. He came in the midst of those who were already communing in his name. And he began, and he sat down with them and spoke to them and began to share the fire that was within him it, with the, the words of life. And so he was giving all of us life, right? So there are no islands in the kingdom, right? <clears throat> And he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in and, and, and this, this coming in that I'm going to do is going to help you to overcome. And he said, and then, then I'm going to cause you to sit on my throne, that place of authority so that you can realize the things and the longings and the destinies and the purposes that you know that are already there. Okay, I want to talk to you about, I want to talk to you about what happened when Bob Jones died, because I think it's so incredibly prophetic. Um, turn to 2 Kings 2. You know, I, I was, I was looking at the Bob, Bob's funeral, and um, I was watching and looking at all of the great men that gathered, um, and really, it was a it, it was a convening of generals that went to his funeral who had all been fathered by this one man you know and bob didn't necessarily go around and you know i mean he didn't spend a lot of time doing it but what he did is he just continued to um to release the word of the lord to them those words of encouragement and he just loved really well he didn't judge he didn't, he just loved really well. And all of these men grew into the greatness of who they were. Uh, some um, in part, but some mostly because of the love that he had. And he fathered them in the prophetic. And he taught us during the time that he was a prophet in the earth. He taught us about the parabolic language. He taught us what it was, uh, how God speaks and parables still today. I remember going to several of his conferences and thinking, what is he talking about? I remember this one he was talking, remember honey, he was talking about dove dung. 
It's about the dove dung. <laughs> what? You know? And, and you would really have to dig to go, okay, that's good. And then finally you get it. You're like, oh, yeah, bitterness. I get it. Okay. Um, so turn your Bibles to 2 Kings um, 2.14. Now, Bob died on Valentine's Day. He died on February the 14th. And in 2 Kings 2.14 says, Then Elijah, okay, then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. So what happened on that day? What I've heard that, the, that these generals and the council, this council that was there to celebrate the passing of this great man was that he died on on February 214 of 214 and God was saying prophetically to us Elijah not that he was Elijah but he was in the spirit of Elijah has now passed over and the mantle of Elisha is now available the double portion, the double doors, the grace, grace anointing, the very thing that we have been hearing and believing is now in the land. So I want to take you back because I was praying about this and I was like, Lord, this is incredible. Yeah, I know. I, you know, I remember that you, you, were, you were sharing this with me. And he said, well, I want you to... Uh, think about what I showed you when Patricia King was here. And so the morning that Patricia King was coming, which was the week that uh, the, the few days before Bob had gone to be with the Lord, um, Patricia King had come and we were and we were in a leadership prayer time, and which are phenomenal. I encourage, I encourage everybody to join us. It's at 11 o'clock uh, Monday through Thursday um, right here in the prayer room. So anybody can come and um, it's really a great time in the Lord. But uh, I had an open vision. It, the, everything opened up and I saw saw this chariot of fire that was coming and then at the, at the the view I saw one and then I saw a man of fire who was riding on this chariot of fire and then I saw a panoramic view and, and my view opened up and I saw thousands of chariots of fire that were coming and I told I told um um the family here and they started of course singing chariots of fire da 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 but how does it go wait that's not it <laughs> chariots of fire what was that that's right that's right thank you joy what was i singing rocky, rocky? we'll just all right we'll just we'll just consider that a prophetic song <clears throat> Jeremy's anointing. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, I rebuke that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Come on. Um, so anyway.
anyway, so he said, so the Lord said to me, I want, so then that night, or let me back up, then that night, Patricia King comes, and she says what? She starts talking prophetically, and she says, I see chariots of fire. Now, I hadn't said anything to her. She said, I see chariots of fire in this place. And then she said, and I see uh, men on fire. And then she said, and I see war horses. So she's saying this. And, and, and I'm like, wow, that's incredible. So the Lord, as I'm praying for that, said, look at 2 Kings 2.11, which is the day that all of this was happening, the day that Patricia King came and the day that we saw it. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by the whirlwind into heaven and Elisha saw it and he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw no, so he saw him no more and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into pieces. Uh, verse 13, he also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan where he took and he threw the mantle and the Jordan crossed and he crossed over into the new day. like a strong people set in battle array. Come on. And this is what I feel like the Lord is saying. Now that's a prophetic interpretation of that scripture. That is not a doctrinal interpretation of that scripture. Okay. And so, so what I feel like she's saying is that, and, and has said, she said, there's something, um, she said, it's like, I can smell a burning in this house. Do you remember when Jason came and gave us the fire stick? And he said, the Lord gave him three of these. And he told him, he said, and I'm keeping one for my church. And he gave one to somebody else. And then he said, but the Lord told me to give you guys this fire stick. So what does all of this mean? It means that we are being positioned to receive these chariots of fire. That, that remember when Jesus came to eat, I didn't leave him. 
What was Elisha's posture? I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you, Elijah. I'm not going to let you go around and I'm not going to let anything happen because I want to see you as you are being taken up. I want to see you, Jesus, as you are imparting this thing, this fire. I want to be there. I'm going to, I'm going to posture myself to receive it. But beloved, I feel like God is saying to us is that, that, that the, we're war horses. We are created to be war horses and he's, and he's pulling in a remnant that know how to war. And for the past several years, the Lord has been saying to me, there is a war coming and you are living like tomorrow is going to be like yesterday. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, you know, so I'm looking at the political infrastructure of, of the world and I'm thinking, oh, psh, there's a war coming. But beloved, he is talking about the war horses. He is talking about us and he's saying, you haven't prepared your sons to battle. Now, here's what I want to, here's where I want to go with this. <clears throat> The battle that we are talking about is the battle of the mind. And if he is saying, if he's saying, listen, I'm coming to my remnant, but you haven't learned to battle the, the, the warfare that's going on in your mind because the enemy has actually already taken most of you captive. Those who hear my voice have already allowed themselves because they don't understand my leadership and everybody in this room is part of his leadership. Everybody in this room, you guys are, are the, the hungry. And, and everybody that comes to this house, that, that comes here, that visits here, goes, this is, this is such a hungry group of people. You're hungry. You are zealous. You are not this Laocidian thing. You're allowing yourself to come alive in God and pursue God in, and let him pursue you. And he's saying to us, you are war horses, but you have to understand how to war so that you will be able to carry, so that you will be able to pursue the, the, the darkness and overcome the darkness and bring it into the light. Because when this thing hits, you cannot be sidelined because of the battle that's going on in your mind. Because when it hits, it's not like the enemy's going to take a time out and go, okay, well, you know what? The fire just came, so I guess we're defeated. No, 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 no. When the fire comes, the enemy is going to throw everything he has at you. And where he's going to throw it is right here. And the Lord is saying, this, the kingdom, you have to function in the kingdom. And you have to understand what is the enemy and what is me. So I want to tell you about what happened to me this past week. <clears throat> so I got taken captive by the enemy. And, um, and it happened in my mind. Some, uh, so this happened, well, it actually happened about two or three weeks ago. And, um, and, and what happened is that when, when it hit, I didn't recognize it for what it was. And so I let it fester and I let it uh, begin to, to talk to me and accuse me and to accuse my brethren and to accuse those that I love. 
And so it began to um, swirl around in my brain and in my mind. And what it did is it caused me, I was looking at Jesus, and then all of a sudden it caused me to begin to look at myself. And it caused me to begin to self-protect, self-focus, and self-pity. And so I began that, that uh, storm began in my mind. And, and, and this is how you'll know when your mind has been taken captive. Because Jesus said, I came to set the captives free. I came to clear your mind so that it would be open to live in the kingdom. Is that a, a mind that is free is a mind whose waters are still. A mind that has been taken captive has rough seas in it. And it has swirling seas. And it has all the thoughts and all the deals. And, and see, we think what's happening is I'm just processing my emotions. But really what's happened is you've already been taken captive. And, and if you allow that to stay there, you begin to make choices based on all of that, all of those demons now, which are, for me, was fear, um, jealousy, um, rejection, and shame. Well, the first three came in and they actually invited shame the minute I started talking to them. Or, 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 or you don't really talk to them. They invite you into their conversation about whatever it is that they want to talk about. Does that make sense? And all of you have been there. And there are some of you that are actually having a battle in your minds right now. You came in with this battle happening. And you're like, well, I don't understand why I'm feeling depressed and heavy. Confusion. Confusion is the primary source of witchcraft. Now, remember what happened. A lot. Elijah, Elijah, he battled with Jezebel, but he was not the one that took Jezebel down. It was Elisha with the double portion that cut off the head of that wicked woman, that snake, who was, and he, and he said, Jezebel is witchcraft. This is witchcraft that comes against your mind and begins to introduce all of these thoughts that are not part of the kingdom. And he says to us over and over, seek first my kingdom for all else will be given to you. Because we don't have a kingdom mindset, our minds have been taken captive to the things of the world. What happens is that we have no victory in our lives because we're functioning in the ways of the world because our minds have already been taken captive. Okay. Come on. So what did I do? <clears throat> well, there was a lot of um, messiness involved in this. But I felt like I had um, revelation from the Lord about the leadership in the body of Christ. That we don't know how to minister to ourselves. We don't know how to set ourselves free. We don't know how to walk ourselves through the process of deliverance. Because we can't always be calling up joy. I mean, as much as I love you and I love to be with you, we cannot, we can't have the deliverance counselor on speed dial, right? I mean, that's not the way God set it up. I mean, we really should be adept at this. So I'm going to take you through what God took me through. And it started off with just waking up and crying out. It, there was a cry that said, help me. Help me. 
what did the Laodicean, what did he say to the Laodicean church? If you will buy this from me, my purchasing came as a cry. The, the, the currency of heaven was the cry of a desperate heart that said, help me because I'm drowning. And what he, he did is he came. He came as my teacher. He came as my helper. He came as my counselor. And he said, this is what I want you to do. And he said, get out your dream journal and get out your prophecies. You haven't been reading them. Dust off the prophetic word that I've already spoken to you, Timothy. Remember what, he, what Paul said to him, and war with these things. And so I did that. And he said, number two, I want you to take communion every day. Beloved, we have to understand the power of, of the blood. We this is not just tradition. This is power, and it covers us, and it protects us. It's like walk. It would be like like uh, Captain America going out without his his shield. You know, it would be like the other one going out without that outfit he wears. What's his name? Iron Man. Thank you, honey. said is he said I want you to take yourself through deliverance and I'm like okay that's interesting so what I did is I um, as I got out the book and I said where are the open doors how did this thing gain access to me I'm in prayer all the time I'm in worship all the time I'm in your word all the time how did this thing have access to me I mean I was so it was a righteous indignation how dare you think that you can come, you can come and begin to speak to me. You know, we've got to start getting angry at this, guys. We've got to start declaring war on the enemy that comes in and begins to, to, to mess with the mind. We are children of God. So the Lord said, here's where the open door was. So you've got, you've got, a lot of you have heard this before, but I want to review. He, I looked at these doors and number one, I looked at the generational curses. Did this come in through the generational curses? Number two, did this come in through ungodly beliefs? Number three, did this come through soul or spirit hurts, woundings? Did this come through a wounding? Did I get wounded and I didn't cover the wound when it happened? Number four, uh, did it come through demonic oppression? So I looked at these four things and I said, Holy Spirit, show me where the open door was. And he said, the open door was an old ungodly belief that the enemy came in and hit again. And even though you knew it, you closed it and you began to walk in love in that he said it still got a stronghold and it what it did is allowed fear rejection and jealousy to come in because the thing is is that a lot of times we'll wrestle with these things and we think it's us and we begin to say i'm just horrible I can't even believe I'm feeling these emotions about the people that I love or the people that, you know, you're like, how did this, how, how is it I have come this far and I still feel this way? Beloved, I'm telling you, this is a demon 
who has gained access to your mind to tell you that these are, are your emotions. They are not. So what I did is I said, okay, <clears throat> I'm going to read. The Lord led me and he said, here are, here are the scriptures that demons hate. Beloved, get those in your iPhone. Here are the scriptures that demons hate. You want to hear a demon scream? On the, on, uh, yeah, as he gets his exit papers, you read these. You read these scriptures over them, and we have a list of these that I'm going to make available. They're right here, and you're welcome to come. And you can copy down the addresses. Thank you. Um, right there, scriptures demons hate. So you can come grab some of these. All right. So I read all of them, and I read them out loud. Don't read them to yourself. Go ahead and read them out loud. Get the word of God out there. The word of God, right? So the, the next thing that he told me to do is he said, I want you to repent for, for uh, and, and begin to shut these, shut the door, and then I want you to begin to cast these demons out. So I repented for even entertaining this and allowing this doorway in my in my mind. And then I began, I knew the demons that I because I knew the things that I was feeling. And beloved, listen, this this applies to business. Don't think this doesn't apply to business because the storms in your mind around your money and around your business and the people that you are called to do business with, you are not called to hate them. You know, if you've got all of these emotions that have anger, fear, rejection, same thing, it's a demon, right or wrong, no one cares. So what happened is when I, when I cast those demons out, guess what happened? Within a blink of an eye, my mind became still again. And peace and love and joy and the fruits of the Spirit came rushing back in. And all of a sudden, I'm back in my right mind, which means I'm back in my kingdom mind. And I'm seeing things again from God's perspective. And I'm able to release the kingdom now again through love. And I'm able now to, what, what, what happens? I'm communing with God, right? And then, bam, I've just overcome. So where am I seated? I'm seated on the throne. I'm seated in a place of authority. I'm seated in my kingship with Christ.